everyone, and welcome back to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. We're the show that's getting you over the game line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. I'm Reg Robertson. Joining me, as per usual, is Jamie Miller calling in from the US of A. How are you, Jamie? I'm very good, Reg. Great to have you with us, as per usual. And joining us, a very special guest tonight. We've had him on previously. We thought it was about time we should try and have him on again. Hugh Cavill, how are you? Oh, turn it up. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> two weeks. I mean, that's, that's, like a, that's like half a Quade Cooper suspension, generally. Um, <laughs> that's, I've barely been gone. Although I did like the comparison uh, between, I think it was a few weeks ago, between me and Michael Clark. Actually, I don't know if I did, like it, to be honest. It, it was, I mean, that was I, a strange one. Yeah, was I know my 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 off spinners are, are pretty handy and I'm 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 pretty good square of the wicket, but uh, other than that, um, <laughs> yeah, but no, back. it's a it's a pleasure to be back, Ridge. Excellent, and, and timed for the completion of at least the first part of the Super Rugby season, and as we kick into the international rugby season, so it's it's a good time for us. It's time for us to put all that negativity about Super Rugby behind us and come up with a whole bunch of new negativity about the Wallabies. So you know, good good fun podcast ahead <laughs> of us, I'm sure. Um, lads, we we do kick off kick off our test campaign this weekend against Fiji. In, uh, in Melbourne, which is great. Um, so my question to you, Jamie, and I'm going to go to you first and foremost, is in honour of the flying Fijians being in town, what's your favourite Fijian rugby memory? Um, there are a lot, but I think my favourite is from the 2007 World Cup um, down in Marseille. The Fijians had beaten Wales to make the quarterfinals. And they trotted out to play the Springboks, who were playing Jake Ball and went on to win the whole thing. And it was about 20 to 3 at half time, And um, I think uh, Greg Mum was coaching him there and must have given them a real rev up just after half time because they scored two tries in two minutes. Uh, a couple of real Fijian specials starting from inside their own half. And suddenly it was game on. And I, th- I seem to remember they had a disallowed try um, that would have put them in the lead. And South Africa were eventually able to, you know, tighten the game up and close it out. But uh, it was just classic Fiji, and the crowd was going wild. And and that's the thing with Fiji is there's, the people in the crowd always want them to do well because they're great to follow. They've got no resources. Uh, so it was a very Fijian moment, uh, also because it ended in uh, failure and losing, which is also how a lot of their best moments uh, end up ending. So that's mine. That, that was the match after. It must have been, was it the last round of the pool matches when they played Wales? And yeah. it was an absolutely incredible game. I think I've still got that on DVD somewhere. It was an amazing game to watch. Yeah, that's the one. That's absolutely the one. All right, good stuff. Love it. Hugh Cavill, what about you, mate? I suppose I've, I've got a couple. I mean, you, the obvious one is the... Uh, well, no, uh, the obvious one You're is... You're allowed the, one, Hugh. You're yeah, allowed no, one. Yeah, no, I can't do two. I'll pick one. I mean, it's it's not so much one moment as a tournament. I think... Look, one of my one of my most searched terms on YouTube would have to be uh, "repenny thou thou," um, and <laughs> yep. uh, what he did at the 2003 World Cup and some of his highlights there. There's one particular compilation video that's just incredible. Um, and look, you know, in a way, it was a bit sad what you know that he never really hit those heights again in 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 his career. But geez, some of those tries he scored in 2003. I think it was one game. I think it was against Scotland. Um, might have been against Scotland in that. He just uh, tore them to shreds, and and that's just I I've, I thoroughly recommend anyone with a bit of spare time at work tomorrow just to uh, type in um, Repenny highlights and and just yeah there's there's a good twenty minutes of viewing there. Can, can you just spell it for us? Yeah, there, I know. Just, I think, it's C A U something. I'm sure autocorrect it'll fill in the rest. C A U say C A U, and then just yeah, hopefully it'll all come up. Yeah, <laughs> look, that was mine, but I had some reserves because I I suspected someone would pick it. But that tournament was remarkable. So I was at the first game. Um, when Fiji played France at Suncorp Stadium. It was a packed house, amazing atmosphere. That was the first game in Brisbane of the World Cup, and he scored two tries. But the first one, it was like the old under six days when you had one fast guy on your team and everyone tried to give him the ball so he could run away because that's what the, the the Fijians were doing, and he was incredible. He scored one amazing try that night. So you're right. you know. So he played Fiji, um, sorry, played against France, scored two tries. I think he decked someone, got a card, um, got suspended for a game, then came back and played Scotland in the last qualifier, scored another two tries. Um, and I think, unfortunately, it meant Fiji just missed out on advancing in the quarters, but he was a phenomenal player. So I, I'm not going to go into Thao Thao because you obviously picked that one. 
Um, but my next one, and I do remember watching Corin Duradura, Severo Corin Duradura, who is a um, uh, a fly half fullback in the '87 World Cup. But mine, I have to go back to sevens. And, and Tomasi Karma, I think it's Karma, scored a try for Fiji against uh, New Zealand in the. It was a grand final of a Hong Kong Sevens back in back amateur days. I think I was at school when it happened, but it was that famous try. I'm sure you've all seen it of the um, in their own half, one pass over the head, one pass through the legs, and then um, Tomasi gallops down the field, literally gallops. He's got the New Zealand cover defence close behind, but Jen put, just puts on this extraordinary gallop, elongates the stride, and 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 just goes away. It was one of the most amazing tries. I think actually Noah Nandruku, the former Raider. Um, Winger was part of that as well, but uh, they're great to watch Fiji, and I, I can't wait to see the, the, the test matches kick off this weekend. Um, thrilling to, to have them on, uh, have them here, and I think it's our first. Well, here's a question for you guys. I know you like pop quizzes, so it's our first home game against Fiji uh, since 2010. There were one, two, three, four, five Wallabies to make their debut in that game of which one, two, three played Super Rugby this year. Uh, any hazard a guess? You want to have a guess? BG Just pop in. 2010. Yeah, That's, so it's Was that pre-England? Was that a before-England series? I'm trying to think. We, we when... played one test versus England, and they beat us by one. They beat us, yeah. So was this when we had no front rowers? So it would have been sort of Benny Daly, sci-fi, nice. and uh, well, like Celeste Sayers Marfu. one, Sayer came off the bench. All close. Red, so, Red, so what about yep. what about Ben McCalman? Was that about the time he was making his debut? Uh, he wasn't. He played, yes, he, he came. He made his debut that that year, but a few okay. tests later versus South Africa. So uh, think about Pete think Cowan? some other. Uh, not quite. So you mentioned Ben Daly. He made his debut the next game versus England uh, with James Slipper off the bench. But you've mentioned Saifinga, so he came off the bench replacing another. Debutant, um, and there is also another debutant at tight head prop. So, uh, not who did you mention before? James but, James Slipper. Uh, James Slipper, Slipper came. Slipper came on the in the next test. Oh, you're killing me! I said Celestia okay. Marfu. Oh, you did. Okay, well Celestia was the other one. So Celestia okay. started at tight head. This is his first test. You got to name the starting hooker. He only oh. played. Gosh, I reckon he only played a couple of tests. Like Ty McIsaac? Close. Think along those lines. Oh, I don't know. I think you've, you've got me stumped there. It's Big Brother played for the Wallabies too. It was a fly-half. Superbly skilled. Oh, Huey or Edmonds. There you go, Huey or Edmonds. I'm not going to stop. You've got two more. One started in the backs and one was a forward reserve. Both of these guys played Super Rugby this year, and in fact, one of them is in the Wallaby squad. Ooh, which one? The back. The back. Oh, Rob Horn. Yes, Rob Ooh, Horn. Well get. done. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Ford Reserve. Um, I don't know. Uh, what position, Reg? You got to narrow it down for us a bit. He's a back rower. Um, back rower. Someone like a. Oh, let's say Higginbotham. No. No. I think we're Dean probably close Mum? to seeing his last game of Super Rugby. Dean Mum? Oh, George. No. no, not Dean Mum played, but he was uh, in He was pre test. that, yeah. Um, yeah, he was. Hmm. Captain Courageous. Matt Hodgson. From the West. Matty Hodgson. Oh. There you go. So we won that test 49-3 to with Kirtley, Digby scoring a couple of tries each. Richard Brown scoring a try. He started at number eight. Drury Mitchell, who's just hung up his boots, scored a try. And uh, Quaid... Uh, scored a try, kicked a conversion, and Matty Giddo kicked six as well. So there you go, a bit of a flashback for you. I must say the new trivia portion of this podcast is very challenging. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't get any, yeah. we didn't get any forewarning. We didn't get to pick the category. We were just dropped in it from a great height. It's, uh, it's very challenging. It's very difficult. I, I'm not sure these conditions are in my contract. Well, considering the amount of, you know, effort and research we go putting in on this podcast, it's um, I like to surprise you every now and again. Oh. I might do it next week. Who do we play next week? Scotland. I'll come up with a random Scottish text, test next week as well. Oh, I shouldn't give anything <laughs> away. Nothing? Forget that. Um, we'll save that for Matt Rowley. Um, guys, we've got to get into our five burning questions, and we'll run through them once again before we get stuck into them. So the first burning question, 
is what do you want to see from the Wallabies this weekend? Question two, what do we expect from Fiji? Question three, so Rob Horn, uh, Jake Gordon and Mac Mason have all been called up to the Wallabies squad in some capacity. Are they the right call-ups? Question four, we'll have a look over the ditch. British and Irish Lions had their first game of the tour uh, against the New Zealand Barbarians team, a close win. How do we read that win? Was it a positive or negative for the tourists? And finally, question five, uh, back to Super Rugby, and there's been a, 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 you know, a little burst of Super Rugby signings and non-signings uh, today. We'll get into Rob Simmons, Leroy Houston leaving the Reds, and Jeff Parling signing for the Rebels. So what do we make of those signings? But let's go straight to the top. And uh, the Wallabies this weekend, Hugh, you're back after a couple of weeks off, so let's make you work hard. Lead us from the, uh, from the, from the kickoff here. What do you want to see from the Wallabies this weekend? Um, I think I, I want to see um, some, some um, what would I call, um, dynamic play in the forwards. That's what I want to see. I, I mean, look, the Fijian side, I mean, we're going to get to this in the next question, but um, it's fair to say they're a little bit undermanned. Um, but that said, they're still going to provide a tough contest, especially up front. And we saw the last time we played them was in, in the World Cup in that first game. And, and I can't remember the exact scoreline, but I know we didn't get our four-try bonus point. Um, and we made pretty hard work of it. And I, I think um, being the first test of the winter, the combinations are going to be a bit scratchy, but uh, I think what, what we can hope to see, um, while not gonna, it's not going to be a 50-point performance, it's not going to be super polished, and I don't expect to see a huge amount of highlight reel tries, but I want to see some hard play in the forwards. I want to see guys like Adam Coleman and Rory Arnold getting stuck in um, I want to see, you know, I want to see Scotty Higginbotham, you know, if he's named, and I expect he would be. Um, I want to see Scotty Higginbotham having a big game because he's been out of the setup for a little while, and I think he's got a lot to prove. So I think the key performances, in my eyes, are going to be on the blokes in that forward pack and 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 seeing how they can set the tone for for the whole season uh, ahead. Because um, as we've seen in previous years, they really hold the key uh, to how we're performing, Reg. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jamie, what about you, mate? What, what, what's your, what are you looking for? Yeah, I, I agree with the way Hugh's thinking. I'm looking for a performance that shows in all the intangibles and the tangibles um, what the Wallabies are going to be about this year. It really sets out a stall for the whole year. It might be a bit much to expect. Um, and I think that really starts with defence. I think we saw last year that this team really isn't going anywhere serious without a major transition in its defensive systems, its defensive enthusiasm, and its overall defensive effectiveness. It just has to stop other teams scoring so many points against it. Um, I'd love to see some evidence that the coaches are aware of that and that they're working on that and that it's a major priority for them. And I think that's got to start this week, really. Uh, if we can show some effectiveness in defence against a team as explosive as Fiji, that's actually pretty promising for me. So how likely do you reckon that is, Jamie? So I reckon the Fijians have probably... It seems like they've been here a couple of weeks, so they're ahead of us, aren't they? I mean, th- this Wallaby squad have only seemingly got together. Um, our defensive coach has, has just... I think the newspapers are suggesting this is the worst defensive performance by the Waratahs in Super Rugby, so he's now stepped up into the Wallaby program. We've barely got the team together. Can we legitimately see um, any sort of positive impact from defence? Do we do we do we expect to see you know some influence there in terms of a, a better defensive performance than we've seen from any of the Super Rugby teams this year? Well, I think one thing that was clear from the 2015 World Cup run is that a lot of the coaching goes on when Super Rugby is going on. The coaches are thinking, they're in contact, they're developing plans. Uh, They have camps in which they're communicating with the players. And I'm just really hoping that over the past, you know, almost seven months since that November tour, um, there's been a realisation that we we really need a complete overhaul of the defence. I would suggest, I agree with those newspaper reports, that the the record that Gray's got by now probably merits going in a new direction. Um, Michael Checker obviously disagrees. But that doesn't mean that we can't develop a different system. Uh, even the system being used by the under-20s at the moment is a better system than what uh, than what Gray's been using the last couple of years. So, you know, I think it's, it is too much to expect a, a complete revolution overnight. But, you know, we might see some signs, you know, if we can hold Fiji out for long periods of time. Uh, if we show that we're really prioritising defence, then that, that'll be encouraging, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's... Uh... 
that's critical. And, and I guess it sort of flows on to what, what I'm looking for. And, and it's definitely on the back of what Hugh said. It's intent and intensity. You know, it, it is what, and maybe I've been just watching too many Reds games, but it is what has been so lacking from most of our Super Rugby teams this year. I'd say the Force have shown it more than pretty much anyone. Uh, even the Brumbies on top of the ladder, I don't think, have been convincing in their intensity throughout a game this year. Um, and that's what I want from my teams, and particularly on the international stage. I, you know, I don't want this to be, OK, we're playing Fiji, we're going to warm up into it, and, you know, we'll get our, we'll get our combinations together. This is Test Match Rugby now, and, you know, Czech has sort of come out and said he wants to make a, this the positive influence of, for us, something positive for Australian rugby fans to get behind, and, and that's what we need, and we need it from this weekend. So I, I really want to see that positive intent. So that goes back to your aggression and the forward pack, you absolutely. So, you know, we, we want those big guys stepping up. In defence, we really need to make that statement too, Jamie. But, you know, some straight running, clever not even clever, it's just some basic rugby skills put on show that we know these guys are capable of. I mean, there's no denying that Foley, uh, Falau, um, whoever's on the wing, Spate, uh, Kurandrani, Carmichael Hunt, they're all super quality players. Um, and they just haven't had the chance to... I don't know why. They haven't, they haven't had the chance or they haven't had the uh, the inclination to show that just yet. And um, and that's just, uh, that's just really disappointing. Um, I guess the other thing is I'm curious as to you know, what we might expect from the Wallabies. I might take it a step further. The Wallaby fans here, what do you reckon, Melbourne? Um, we always would question these tests uh, as they were, the quality of them, perhaps Scotland aside. Um, with everything that's going on in Super Rugby at the moment, what do you reckon the Melbourne fans will be like? Oh, I'm not sure, Rich, and I think it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, we're continually told by people from Melbourne that they're the sporting capital of the world and that, you know, the best sporting public and and um, they're, they're all particularly brilliant individuals. And, and um, so to that, I applaud them. But um, yeah, it's Saturday Arvo Rugby, 3 o'clock. You'd think, given the form of the Rebels this year, um, you know, we're unlikely to see a big crowd. But that said, you know, it's the Wallabies. And so you think um, you think you get a pretty decent turnout. I know uh, England last year, I think it was a sellout or very close to it. So... Uh, I, th- I think, you know, hopefully there the are, you'd be optimistic of a crowd of sort of 25,000, um, at least I'd, I'd, I'd hope. But, you know, I think it's the first test of the sum, first test of the winter, and I think no one's really quite sure what to expect. Yeah, so I just checked the AFL draw just to see what's on. It's Saturday, isn't it? Saturday, Arvo? Yeah, Saturday 3. So we've got... Uh, Hawthorne are hosting the Gold Coast Suns at 1.45. So earlier game, and the Suns have never been a big puller down there. Essendon have got a... Essendon are hosting Port at 7.25, and, and in between there's a bit of a gap. So, look, I'd love to see the Melbourne fans get behind it. I think they're a little bit vindictive at the moment against the ARU, so I'm not too sure if they will. Um, but that's that's just an interesting start. So a couple of guys in the forum suggesting that the crowd figures are actually going OK, which would be great to see. I mean, I think we're all looking for a bit of positivity from uh, from this and um, uh, from this series, and, and hopefully it'll flow. Jamie, any, you know, I don't know you're a little while away, but do you expect any... Uh, I guess controversial selections from from Checo. Do you think it'll play it pretty pretty standard? Uh, you know, utilising the incumbents from from last year. Uh, I think he'll probably go with uh, more or less the incumbents and then dropping in a couple of the debutants each test. Um, but I am very excited to see Carmichael Hunt play. Uh, I still think he's an option worth trying at twelve with his really outstanding front on defence. And the fact that he's probably third down the pecking order at fullback, whether he should be or not, is a different question. Um, but, you know, even in a team that's really struggled, the Reds, Hunter's looked good every week. He's one of the few people in all of Australian rugby who's looked better at the end of this super rugby season than they did last year. And I think it's great that he's getting an opportunity. And I'm sure that he will be one of the guys who, uh, who gets a cap, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, he'd be my one that I'm, I'm particularly keen to see. I, I, um, I'm a big fan of Ned Hannigan and and Jack Dempsey. He's obviously got a few uh, credentials around him, but Hunt's the one that, of all the debutants or potential debutants, that I think that can be 
brought into this team and make a real difference to uh, to their performance. So I, I'd love to see him get a run. Uh, I assume we will, at least off the bench, but I, I'd I'd love to see him start, and I, I'd still pick him ahead of Falau, but that's probably a little bit too, too parochial. Um, you? He, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> not Whoa! Oh, what? What are you talking about? Come on! That's ridiculous. Sorry, I, I've f- forgotten I haven't had any New South Wales people here for a couple of weeks, so it's... It's, uh, I've got to hold those things back. I'm actually surprised um, you only picked Hunt and, and not uh, you aren't making a usual call for Chris Latham to return to the side. Yeah, no, and that pick for for Wally Lewis at ten and uh, Joe Bielke Peterson at scrum half. I mean, it's just standard for you, Reg. Andy Bickle in there somewhere too. Yeah, man, I'll I'll tell you what, I've, he put I've, in I've in all the names. There's some, there's some. Di- we want dynamism. I mean, you can't do much better than Andy Bickle. He'd never stop all day. Um, all right, look, let's have a look at the opponents then. Fiji and, and, and Jamie, what do you expect from Fiji this weekend? It's They've never won in Australia. They don't play here too often. Um, they're going to be part of our NRC later this year which as a Fiji Warriors team, which is a great addition. But what do you expect out of them? Um, well, I think they'll be as you know, as disjointed and rusty as we are. But um, there's a lot of good noises coming out of Fiji. John McKee, uh, the former Eastwood coach, is, is managing them still. And... He's talked a lot about getting a proper coaching staff together, including Peter Ryan uh, as the defensive coach. And it looks like Fiji on the back of the Olympics is finally getting the resources in place to develop um, the ability to play a more structured game continuously, not just every four years when the World Cup is around. That's definitely a good thing for them. And it's a good thing for world rugby. And, you know, maybe we'll see a couple of signs of that this week, you know, just uh, a few indications of a, of a more mature game plan, shall we say, than, than they used to. Yeah, it's interesting here. There's still a few sort of experienced head in that squad, um, at least a few names that we know from previous tours and so on, the, the Marfus and the Quirers and the like. What's your feel about this Fijian team? Yeah, look, I, I really don't know what to expect. Much like a few things in this this test reg, the crowd and the the Wallabies, and I, yeah. I think it's all it's all a little bit uh, of a blank canvas. I mean, it, there's there's some names in that side that I recognise. There's a lot that I don't. Um, admittedly, I'm 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 not a close follower of Northern Hemisphere rugby in particular, so there could be some some names there that I don't know. I mean, I know Patrick Osborne's been in pretty good form for the Highlanders. Um, and he's he's a bloke that I'll have my eye on. And you, you know, there's never a shortage of outside backs in that in that Fijian squad. So yeah, you know, there's there's definitely some some skilled guys there. And Jamie, what Jamie said seems to indicate that they're they're certainly going in the right direction. So um, I, I I I honestly don't know what to expect. I I think my my gut feel is that they're going to put forward a pretty competitive effort, but might just lack a bit of depth like they did in that. World Cup pool game, and we might we might pull away in the late stages, but um, yeah, I, I'm not sure really. Yeah, it's an interesting one for Fiji. It's their first test in a little while too. I think they they'll end up playing Italy and Scotland as well back home in Fiji, and I think they'll it might be before they play come of their Pacific neighbours in Samoa and Tonga as well. So they're building up to their season. No Namani Denolo, as we said, but uh, it'll be interesting. Look, Fiji's a really interesting one. I I, I I did a little bit of um, reading through the history books. Back in, would you believe this? How, how does this sound familiar? 1952, uh, Australian rugby was on its knees, uh, financially uh, crippled. Um, there was severe concerns about the future of the game in Australia. Would it would, would it continue? There was um, uh, our neighbours, New Zealand, had... Uh, you know, had not great deal of interest in playing for us. The challenge wasn't there for them. Um, and there's question marks as to even whether the, a tour of uh, New Zealand would happen later in the year. So the Wallabies, also oh, the AAU actually invite Fiji to come over and they play a test. Uh, they play a game versus New South Wales, I think, and, and the crowd loves it, gets behind when 39,000 people turn up and then they play a first test and, and you know, I think it's rained out or it's heavily rained, but a still good crowd turns up, so they convince the Fijians to start staying out another week and they play another test and the Aussies win a tight one, but it's a glorious sunshine and the stadiums are packed and it basically got Australian rugby um, off from the brink of bankruptcy to, uh, you know, a somewhat prosperous uh, union at the time. And, you know, it, it's 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 just a piece of history that's forgotten in Australian rugby when Fiji, and we haven't toured Fiji, I don't think, and I think this is accurate, since 1984, um, Alan Jones took the Wallaby squad there before the Grand Slam or before that domestic series versus New Zealand. So 
we haven't been there in the professional age and they they basically saved us back in the 50s it wasn't for fiji we we may not be around and who's to say how long we will be around much longer but i always have such fondness for these fijian tours and um like you hugh i don't know what to expect from some of the individuals but i i hope um uh, they come out all guns are blazing and test us wholeheartedly and, and play the type of rugby that we remember from those names such as South Aaron Barker and uh, Corin Dura Dura and the likes because um, they're wonderful to watch in full steam and you know, there's no doubt there'll be a few Fijians in our team. I think even Scotty Hickenbotham's got a bit of Fijian in him so there'll be a few Fijians in our team but um, there'll be a bit of noise in the crowd and passion from the fans and uh, I just hope that uh, the Melbourne fans can match it but the, the Wallabies on the field can match it as well because um, they deserve uh, they deserve a lot of support uh, from Fiji Rugby for what they've done for Australian Rugby and continue to do for us so we'll see how it goes um, very exciting times so one of the developments this week guys is that um, we had some injuries in the initial squad so Samu Karevi and Nick Phipps, Phipps both failed uh, injury tests and called up to replace him were Rob Horn, um, Jake Gordon, um, and then later this week we've just heard that Mac Mason, the young uh, fly half from the Waratahs, probably don't need to say what province they came from, um, uh, was also called up for the Wallaby squad. More developmental things. So I guess, Jamie, are they the right call-ups for the Wallaby squad? Um, Mason's probably a different one. That's purely a development one, such as uh, Parisi, Kellaway, Dempsey, and um, Taniela Tupo. Tupo last year so uh, you know Mason seems pretty solid Horn and Gordon what do you feel um you know I think pretty predictable I guess um you know personally I, I, th- I think Jake's a good player I would have thought Michael Ruru out west would have been uh, in with a shout he's uh you're so been... big Ruru played one game Jamie he's played one nah, game nah. hasn't he he's played a bunch of games and he's, 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 he's is he even that. eligible yeah he's he's, eligible. I test that yeah he's been here for four or five years I think yeah He's totally eligible. So pipe down, Cavill. You just pipe <laughs> down. Um, regarding Rob Horn, uh, you know, I think he probably just couldn't see anyone he wanted to de- develop at 13 and thought, oh, well, if, if Kuradrani is going to get injured, we need someone reliable who knows everything at 13 that I don't need to worry about. Rob Horn's that guy. Um, Mac Mason's an interesting pick, mostly because it just casts a really ugly light on how thin the playmaking stops are generally. Um, I mean, he's barely played any Super Rugby, but he did look half decent at the uh, under-20s last year and um, is a really nice ball player, takes the ball to the line, you know, like Foley does. So, you know, that's an interesting pick. Uh, that Could have picked one or two other more experienced guys, but didn't. Um, Jono Lance being one. Uh, though I'm just going to assume that Jono's injured most of the time, unfortunately. Um, Jake McIntyre could have been another, but uh, no, he's gone for the guy with the cool name, Mac Mason. So yeah, I, you know, yeah, I, I think yeah, Mac, I'm happy to put aside. I think development. You're right; it's a real you know expose and the, the lack of fly halves. I don't know if Jono is injured, but I don't think his form this latter half of the year has been that crash up, and he ended up being on the bench for a few times for the force. Um, I remember back in Robbie Dean's age, he brought in Kirtley and Quaid. As I think they might have still been schoolboys just to train with the Wallabies too. So, you know, it's not without precedent. Look, the one I issue, Gordon, I think he's deserved it. I'm happy with that. But I don't get Horn. You know, after after not picking um, Scott Fardy last week, um, and in fact not picking any of the guys that are going overseas next year, uh, Rob Simmons included. We don't know where he was going. We'll talk about him later. But Fardy's the obvious one. Why pick Horn? I don't understand. Unless Billy Meeks is injured or Curtis Rona is injured, uh, Duncan Payu is injured, uh, I, I just don't understand why. Or, or even, mate, uh, Tom English, you know, there's there's any of those sorts of guys. And, and if you're really worried about who might step into the 13 jersey if Kurandrani goes down, Falau, Reese Hodge, you know, I think there's solutions there. I, I think Hodge, I don't even think Horn deserves to be in the squad. I don't think his form has been crashed out. He's, his missed tackles percentage is, is is way too high this year. He scored a great intercept try on the weekend. That's about all I've seen him do this year. I'm I'm really disappointed with this call and it just um it just stinks a bit being a little bit too easy for Checker this one. He was didn't did had the opportunity to, to continue to look at new talent. Um, he looks like he he's been phoning it. it in. Horn. Checker? I mean, yeah. No horn. <laughs> yeah I know. Um, like when he took that intercept on the weekend, I had to actually look and I was like, has he been playing for us the whole year? Because he's been yeah. completely anonymous. 
um, just not doing anything, not offering anything. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's just he looks like he's just been counting down until he can get on the plane and and go take his uh, his end of season trip to Europe, um, which is sad because he's a really quality player on his day. And that's the thing, and, and that's, you know, it is, and, and I don't know why it's there, he's, he does have that ability to play 12 um, pretty solidly, and I thought he might have been a legitimate chance at 12, because that's a bit of a, a challenging spot for us. 13, he's, you know, he's, he's not Kurandrani's shoelaces at the moment, and even the wing in the past, but even that's well beyond him now. He's, he's just a, he's not the player he was. Hugh, um, as our, you know, local resident Sydney boy... Where, where are we wrong? <laughs> I, I don't think you are, Reg. Um, I think I think you, you touched on a little bit by saying I think it's too easy for Checker, and I think that's yeah. it. I mean, at this late notice, um, you know, we're, we're less than a week out from a test. I, I, I think if I had to sort of justify the decision, um, it's just he. We want someone coming in that knows the systems and knows the way they play. And if there's another injury or two, then you can thrust someone in at the last minute who's going to, you know, have a bit of experience and, and can vaguely know what they're doing. Because the alternatives, I think, are very, very inexperienced in that, you know, Tom English and um, Billy Meeks and yep. Curtis Ryan, as the three you mentioned, I think would be the three obvious selections. Um, so, look, I'm, I think it's... it's um, a bit of a shame we didn't see one of those guys because I think all three probably deserved a slot above Horn. They're in much better form than than what he is. So um, yeah, look. I, on the one hand, I understand it in in the, in the last minute, you know, um, desperation call up for someone that just needs to know what they're doing. And you know, I suspect they they probably um, don't they want to save on reprinting of jerseys and bags given the AU financial situation and having a new name um, on the, you know that sort of thing is, is just um, yes uses up their valuable budgets so um, look yeah it's n- not an ideal decision hopefully we see one of those guys drafted in soon certainly Jake Gordon deserves his spot he's been in good yep. form and I'd, yep. I'd, I'd like to see what he has to offer and the other guy um, is yeah Mac Mason look he's not in the squad um, no, he's, not. he's just exactly. around, and I think this sort of thing happens with with a, a regularity that is not, you know, it's not normally reported. And I think um, this stuff happens fairly fairly regularly, so I'm not. There's not much to read into that. Nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm confident with that. Yeah, all right, fair call. Let's let's move on away from the Wallabies for a little while, and obviously, uh, you know, the the rugby event of the year at the moment is the British and Irish Lions tour to New Zealand, and. They played their first game uh, this past weekend, was it, when they took on the New Zealand Barbarians team, Hugh. And they got there in the end. It was uh, it was a time, and what was the score there? 13-7 over this provincial Barbarians team. Largely uh, second-string super rugby players. Really pushed the lines close there, Jamie. What, what did you make of that game? Yeah, um... It's not even second-string Super Rugby players. These were one player each from each of the regional unions in New Zealand. So people outside the Super Rugby squads um, and an amateur as well was thrown in there. I mean, this was meant to be just an absolute walkover, a team with no cohesion that hasn't played before. You know, it's a barbarian side. And the Lions looked terrible playing them. 13-7 really says it all. Um, It's worrying. It is concerning for the Lions. I mean, it's true that the All Blacks will be missing quite a few key players, at least for that first test. Um, Kaino and Coles uh, are not going to be there. But even so, you've got to be concerned if you're a Lions fan and you'd be really looking to see a a great performance this midweek match against the Blues, who are are in great form at the moment and might really uh, be able to give the Lions a, a fantastic shake of it. I uh, I'm not. I'm not sure that the Lions have got this match covered either. So, yeah, look, it's it's concerning times for the Lions. I will say. Hugh, what do you reckon? Should the Lions be worried, or can they ride it off with a bit of jet lag? It's our first team. Combinations weren't there. Um, you know, attitude wasn't quite right. Is it? Is it a concern, or they'll just take the win and move on? Ah. Uh... Look, I think they will take the win and move on. I think it's a bit of a concern, though. Jamie pointed it out. I mean, there was blokes there that were the sheep farmers and plumbers and these sort of things. I mean, they had a game against a similar Australian team, a New South Wales country team, I recall, um, in uh, at Newcastle. I went to watch it, and, and they won by 100. 
um, the Lions did. And that's sort of what they should be doing to those teams, uh, as plucky as they are. So, <laughs> look, obviously we'll find out a lot more when they start playing the professional teams like the Blues, and uh, I think that'll be a little bit more indicative and, and um, as time goes on. But it always amazes me with the Lions teams how, how, how long it takes them to come together, given you know they are all incredibly good rugby players and play together... Um, in at, at club level and and yeah, exactly, they, you know, yeah. a lot of them play together and obviously yeah there's the crux of the England and Wales sides mainly there and um it, you know it, it's it's always interesting how long it takes them to get together but that look that's it um I, I don't I think it's sort of reinforced that, it, that what everyone's gut feel is is that is that they might really struggle in New Zealand and it's obviously their toughest test and it might prove to be just that, but um, who knows? There's a long way to go, so I, I, I'm not going to write them off yet. Yeah, look, I, I won't either. But I, I was, I was almost going to, you know, uh, you know, write this result off. They took the win, but I'm a little bit concerned, and particularly when I look at the teams they're running out versus the Blues. But d- d- back to this provincial barbarians game, one of the big elements was some of their stars having real shockers. I thought Stuart Hogg was pretty average. Johnny Sexton, um, even. Um, Ian Henderson, who I'm a big fan of, in that lock were were pretty disappointing, and the impact that has, particularly someone like Hogg, who I think many were expecting to be a walk-up start for that Lions uh, Test jersey, but the impact there. But gosh, you now look at who they play now with the Blues, which is what is that? What are we now? We're Tuesday. Is this on Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, I think Wednesday. it's Wednesday. So this is a pretty damn impressive Blues outfit. Um, like you say, Rico, they're both Arnie brothers there. Sonny Bill's playing, you know, um, uh, Luato's playing. Uh, you know, it, it's just a good quality team. And and while the Lions team, again, they've named a strong team with lots of test players, you look at it and the combinations don't look right. And there's um, you know, they've got uh, Dan Bigger and Reese Webb at least in the halves. But, but still across the park, it just looks a little bit uncertain. I guess we'll see a Toji for the first time and... His partnership with Laws there in the second row is a, a you know a strong combination, but it, it, it's not much else there. James Haskell gets his first go as a Lions having been called up, so I'll be fascinated to see how they react because you know if they on the one part and, and and I think Sam Warburton came out and said yeah we're happy with the win we're really happy with that yeah great he's got to say that but if they don't use it as a trigger to get them refocused um, they're going to be found out pretty wanting uh, in this. Yeah, you know, for the rest of the tour, but just just tomorrow versus the Blues, so it's um it's a fascinating stage this tour, and which makes reminds you how good touring, you know, rugby touring is, isn't it? You know, the provincial games and and what they have to get up for and so on. So we'll see yeah, how it goes. I think their complaint from the last tour in Australia was they said that the the warm up games weren't hard enough, and I think that that's a fair complaint. You know, when you take the Wallabies out of some of those Super Rugby sides, there weren't, you know, there wasn't a lot of depth playing there. Um, and I think they're going to be, uh, you know, careful what you wish for. That Blues team is absolutely their A-grade team. They've picked the the best possible team they can select. And I think uh, I think the Lions are going to come a, a bit of a cropper, if, if not tomorrow, then very soon against one of these provincial sides because uh, the other teams have a huge edge on them in terms of cohesion, defence, experience, playing together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Blues dish them up, actually. Yeah, I, I get a feeling like that. I don't think I tipped it in our podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I, I get that feeling. I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't be surprised by that as well. A Blues victory um, here. Um, all right, let's move on to our last question. But we are going to chat a bit of bit of, bit of news lately, uh, later. Um, and just today, Hugh, there's been you're a lock, so you're a lock expert here. We'll come straight to you for this one. There's been. Um, some interesting Super Rugby shenanigans on the signing. So the RU have obviously released, uh, allowed the clubs to make start making signings. So I get the impression we'll start hearing a fair few signings over the next couple of weeks, which will be interesting given we're still so uncertain about what's happening with our Super Rugby teams. But English international Jeff Parling has signed with the Rebels, um, which in terms of player ability is a great one. But on the same day, we hear that Rob Simmons is being released by the Reds. Oh, sorry, not being released by the Reds. Won't be re-signed by the Reds. He doesn't have a contract next year and he won't get a new one. I believe he still has an ARU contract, which makes things interesting there. There's a few clubs on the hunt for some locks. Um, and Leroy Houston will be released from the second year of his contract by the Reds as well. Again, I'm actually not sure whether he'll maintain his ARU contract. But that's interesting start to, this, I guess, what you might call the signing season, Hugh. 
Well, apparently Leroy Houston has signed for two years with Bordeaux. So oh, I think okay. that probably right. puts that to rest. And, and just an aside on Leroy, I mean, that's been something of a, a sad story. I mean, he was brought back from Bath by Michael Checker, and, you know, he was apparently the wrecking ball over there, and he was drafted into a Wallaby squad and, and, you know, looked okay in some early minutes for the Reds, but just has never made a... Has he been injured, Reg? I mean, do you know what the story he, is? So, he, I don't know, early in the season. So, he went over to South Africa, and it looked like he was going to get a bit of... Bit of um, uh, uh, game time over there, but um, he got some training injury. We got a poke in the eye, which kept him out of the first game, and then I sent the subsequent game, and we haven't seen him since. So I don't know how bad that poke is, or whether there's been other injuries involved. I don't think he's been playing club rugby. Uh, there might have been one game there. I, I keep a fairly close eye on those teams, and it, there might have been one game I, I didn't see him, but I assume he's been injured. And it's um, but this this getting released has been rumoured for a little while, so things obviously aren't working out, and I guess there's no use keeping a player who doesn't want to, want to be there. No, it just sort of sums up the Reds' year, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, Rob Simmons is, I mean, an interesting one too. You never know with these things what happens behind the scenes, and, and um, but, but you know, he's you feel like he's still got a bit more to offer Australian rugby, and you'd hope he's not lost, because as much as we all, you know, he, he can be a bit of a, uh, a punching bag at times, because... Yeah, he he has his he has his issues with his with his discipline and and lacking a bit of physicality. But I mean, he's still played seventy, I think seventy one tests, and he um has had his you know he was certainly in in really good form at the World Cup only a few years ago. So his best days uh, aren't that far behind him, and and you know he's the type of player that would be really useful on a Super Rugby roster, and he's just a, a versatile, um, pretty pretty um durable sort of lock. So you wonder if the Rebels are sort of kicking themselves because, I mean, signing Jeff Parling, I, I look, again, I haven't seen Jeff Parling for years, so, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know whether he's sensational or, or he's rubbish. I mean, I haven't seen him in an England shirt for a long time, so that's probably a, 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 not a good start. Um, so, look, that, that, that's, I, I'm not a fan of that signing, Reg. I think there's enough, um, there's enough foreign locks already in our... You know, they've got Callum Retallick, um at the Rebels, um, and they've got, I think... Um, Oh, there's another, there's another one as well that, that whose Dominic name Dan. escapes me. No, that's right, the Scottish bloke. And and you know, there's another. Well, oh, it was close enough. Same thing. Um, and <laughs> so look, if you're a young lock, um, running around the NRC, then what? How how does what message does this send? Because you know we've seen with the with the young guys of the Reds like Isaac Ryder and Luke and Tui, um, you know that that there's there's a few good young locks out there. Um. Matt, as a Matt Phillip over in the Western Force, these sort of guys that, um, yeah, have shown they've got what it takes, and it, it, it frustrates me to see them lose their spots to uh, to, to foreign players who, you know, uh, to be honest, I don't think are, are incredibly um, appealing from a from a viewer perspective or from even a rugby perspective. Yeah, you're exactly right, mate. And I, I, I hate this signing. I'm, I'm not a fan at all. And I, like you say, he's not going to draw the crowds into to Melbourne's home games there by any means. I think, um, I think it's, uh, you know, when you've got these young players out there playing, and you know, Matt Phillip and Ben Matchaway are two players who were on the cusp. You know, weren't you know in Super Rugby a couple of years ago? Um, you know, there's more out there. Let's look for them. There's a couple of great potential players in under Australian under-20s there, Hawkins in particular. But if we are going to cut a team and we don't know where that's going, you know, we shouldn't be having marquee players full stop. So the Hendrick Chewies and Thomas Cabellis and all these sorts of guys, it, it should be Australian only there from there on. I know a couple of Melbourne guys on Twitter today, um, Daz and, and uh, Stu were saying that, you know, stuff them. It's all about it's all about super rugby performance now. It's all about we should open up the floodgates. I think that's what Coxie wants, the owner of the Rebels. He wants just, you know, the best players he can buy, which I don't like that 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 attitude at all. Um, Jamie, what's your thoughts on I guess parling and some of the some of the movement we want to see in Australian rugby? Yeah, I was very surprised. I thought when I heard that Jeff Parling was coming to come play in Australia and I thought, oh well Jeff Parling, you know uh, former British and Irish Lion, really great line-out operator. Okay, I can see the logic there. But he plays at Exeter, and Exeter has uh, Greg Holmes on their books. It has Lockie Turner on their books, and, of course, had Dean Mum on their books for a couple of years. And I thought, well, we're losing Mum and Skelton down at the Tars. I felt that the unnamed team that Jeff Parling was going to 
odds on had to be the Waratahs. You know, he'd be a really good fit in a position where they're just not going to have any experience next year. Uh, so I was actually very surprised that he's going down to the Rebels. It makes sense for them. Locke has been uh, a real concern for the Rebels for a couple of years now. And um, Retallick the Lesser and Day really haven't offered what they're looking for there. And so I can see how it makes sense for them. Um Rob Simmons is a bit more of a confusing case. I, I agree with you. I think Rob's still got a lot to offer. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me at all to see Rob in the Wallaby squad right now. Um, you know, I really do hope that another team picks him up, but I feel that the odds are that uh, some club in France will pick him up for twice the money instead. Yeah, I think you're right. Look, I, yeah, look, Simo's been a great servant. 100-plus caps for the Reds. Um uh, surprise, not surprise. And that, it's, it's actually one of those tough calls for a coach, and I actually commend Nick Styles for making it. It's, it's like, and I'm by no means comparing Rob Simmons to Wally Lewis, but when Bennett had to cut Lewis from the Broncos, it was a bloody hard decision, but it was the right one. And, and this is very similar. You know, he's got Luke Antui and, and um, Isaac Ryder coming through. He's still got Kane Douglas on the books next year. So, you know, if, if Simo's had a, Simo had the contract next year and Douglas was off now, perhaps it'll be Douglas being uh, not re-signed. Um, Caden Neville's still there, thereabouts. I don't know whether he'll... Um, what his plans are for next year. And there are some good young guys coming through as well. So, look, I can understand Styles' position and, and commend him for a strong call. I'd love to see him stay in Australian rugby, which is why it happening on the same day that we sign a POM um, just grates me a little bit. And, I, you know, I don't agree with it by any means. I, I just want to point out that in a podcast about the current state of Australian rugby, Wally Lewis has featured two different times in two different conversations. I mean, there's a definite Queensland in, in <laughs> going on into the into what we're doing here. I mean, you know, maybe we'll just see if we can slip him in again, you know, in a conversation about moustaches or anything like that. I mean, I don't know, but or stadium statues, anything like yeah, that. But the readers? great man wasn't he a newsreader for a while. He still is, mate. Oh. For, for, former Australian schoolboy rugby star Wally Lewis. Okay, let's let's not get too carried away. Oh, the king! Long live the king! Yeah, exactly. Hey, I think that will pretty much wrap up our burning questions. But you know, you talk about Wally Lewis and the Australian schoolboys. We've got another junior Australian team still going on at the moment. Jamie, the uh, the Aussie under twenties have won both their early games. They beat Wales and then Samar. Tight affairs you've watched. What are you, what's your reading on it so far? And we play England, I think, in a couple of days' time to give us any chance. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fair bit of individual talent there. You mentioned, mentioned Harry Hawkins the other day uh, at lock. Looks very good in the line-out. Uh, destroyed Samoa's line-out a couple of days ago. Um, it, it, the team just looks like it needs more time together. It looks much less of a, of a cohesive unit than some of the other outfits and I think it really just reinforces that the the one step forward that the ARU's taken with getting a, a state under-20 competition together, they just need to double down on that. They need a team that's coming into this tournament having played, you know, seven, eight, nine times together, not once. Um, and there's just way too many times when after a couple of phases, the ball's going behind the man or something's just not quite working. But look, they got the win against Wales. They got the win against Samoa. If they beat England, they'll go through the last four. If they don't, they probably won't. So, you know, um, that's just how it is. A, a draw in one of the other pools between France and South Africa to start off really hurt us uh, because of the weird format of the tournament. Um, so even having done a lot of things right so far, uh, we need to beat England. England's scrum looked very dodgy against Wales. Uh, they actually had a prop sent off for... Um, repeated infringements, but everywhere else they looked very clinical, well-drilled unit. They'll be difficult. Yeah, as they are. Look, you know, I've liked the impact of the, the Sevens guys. Henry Hutchinson's looking like a you know a legitimate finisher in 15s, which is exciting for the Rebels who uh, apparently have signed him for next year. Liam McNamara at, at, um, at fullback as well. And then the Super Rugby guys, Parisi and... and um, uh, the Rebel inside centre, who names eludes me at the moment. But Dewey, uh, Pal- again, Dewey Tupo, Tui Pelotu, one of them, yep. Tui Tupo. That's right. Um, the, look, the, the thing is that there just hasn't been enough rugby for them. Um, even you talk about combinations, I don't think many of that backline actually played in the uh, 
the whatever they called it, the tournament at Bond University between New Zealand and Samoa. Uh, the Oceania thing. Oceania. So, you know, we didn't see any of those super rugby players. We didn't see those seven guys there, seven guys there. So no combinations. That was a bit of a wasted tournament for us, and we saw it with, a, I think, a 40-point thrashing by New Zealand there. Uh, guys like Hamish Stewart and I think even a few of the forwards, a fair few of the forwards, have played bugger all rugby this year at all, just in terms of getting, you know, sort of miles on the legs and so on. So and I think that shows Stewart's a super talented player, but he just still looks like a guy who hasn't played much rugby of late which is a shame, but who knows? Maybe it'll all click on uh, a Thursday morning. I think it's I think it's 2.20 or 2.30 in the morning, Australian time. That might be Friday morning, but anyway, it's, it's coming up pretty quickly. The, the one guy who does look really good in that team is the 17-year-old Rebels winger out on the yeah. left, Samisi Tupo. Uh, he's played both of the first two games. Uh, let, let's keep an eye on him. He looks very classy. He pulled off a, a tackle against Wales that really saved the match for us, uh, that he had no right to make at all. And good in attack, very fast, good feet. Yeah, he looks good. Youngest guy in the tournament, by all reports. So, yeah, quality player. Um, the Rebels have recruited another good one there. So, good for them. Um, uh, look, I just quickly, breaking news we're hearing, and this will obviously be a story that will be a, we'll develop and we'll try and cover it in Super Rugby, uh, with Bill Corp apparently pulling out of... Uh, sponsorship of the NRC this year, which is a real concern. But uh, as much, they've been great supporters of, I guess, grassroots rugby uh, in Australia, sponsoring Queensland University, uh, Sydney University, I think Melbourne University as well. They're very active in the women's program. And I think that was ultimately what has led them to pulling out of the NRC. They were very keen to see a women's NRC competition. I'm not convinced that would be viable at this stage. The the National Sevens tournament later this year seems a better option. But uh, as a result, they have pulled out um, as head sponsors, which must be a real concern for the ARU, particularly because the article mentions the loss of two other key sponsors in BMW and Lion Nathan have walked, have told the ARU they're walking away as well. So um, we'll follow that story as it goes. But that's a bit of a blow for the NRC, which is uh, a personal favourite of mine. We'll, we'll see that what develops. Um, all right, lads, that pretty much brings it to the end. Hey, let's do a quick tip, hey, you Let's go Blues and Lions and then Fiji Wallabies. Guys, what's your tip on those ones, Jamie? Uh, Blues by 15 uh, and the Aussies by, yeah, the same amount, 15. All right, Hugh? I've got the Lions to take it uh, 21-17 against the Blues. I'll be a bit more specific. And I think the Wallabies will win uh, 28-13 against Fiji. So, yeah, it's sticking with Jamie's 15-point margin. Yeah, right. I I think the Blues might get it up, but I think it'll be by five or six, um, and uh, the Aussies will get up. I'll, I'll go a little bit more. I hope they, they run away with it a bit, but 21 points, but we'll see how we go. All right, lads, thanks for your time, Jamie. Thanks for getting up in the morning again for us, mate. Not at all, mate. Thanks, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Hugh, thanks for joining us again. We'll hope, look, hopefully have you on the show next week before my big imminent arrival to Sydney for the... Uh, the festival of Scottish rugby down there. I'm looking forward to it. Counting down the days, Reg. Can't, can't wait to see it. All right, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks to all our listeners. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Oh.